Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get right into the word. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your holy written word. We thank you that it is life. It ministers power, it ministers strength. It gives us instructions in righteousness. And we thank you, Lord, that tonight will be changed, that we'll be encouraged tonight, that we'll be lifted up. And we thank you, Father, uh, for your love that is shed abroad in our heart tonight by the Holy Ghost, that we have peace and joy and that you minister to us so mightily in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, I've been teaching a series. And so I think tonight is part five and uh, it's four, four or five is have good success. And so we're going to uh, not review so much tonight because we want to go ahead and not get bogged down in the review. Sometimes I can get bogged down in the review. But uh, anyway, so we're going to go forward. But let's start out with the scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 8. And we've talked about uh, some of the things that help us have good success in uh, God's kingdom. And, and, and thus, in the world, in a very dark world, we're a bright shining light uh, because of Christ in us. Now, um, We've talked about wisdom and how wisdom is uh, definitely a connection to having success in this life. God's wisdom, not man's wisdom. And then we've talked about the blessing of the Lord and read many scriptures about the blessing being the empowerment that God gives us to prosper and to succeed. And tonight we're going to talk a little bit about the power of God. And so we're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. And uh, let's move up just a little bit. We'll, we'll uh, read in verse uh, 13. And, uh, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied. Now, God's not against these things happening. In fact, he said when this happens, um, almost like he's expecting it to happen in our lives. You know, really, we should expect this to happen in our lives. Um, it says when, doesn't it? Not if, it says when. And so he said, when all that you have is multiplied, then don't forget God. Don't forget that he's the one that has empowered you to prosper and to succeed. And then it goes down to verse 17 and says, And thou hast said in thine heart, My power or the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives thee power. Now notice that word right there. Maybe underline it or circle it. Gives you power to get wealth. Now, if God didn't want you to have anything, why would he give you power to get it? See, the body of Christ, you know, in some realms have been lied to about yes. this. That it's virtuous to be poor, to not have enough, or to struggle along. Wherein, you know, the devil loves that when that's taught. But the truth of God's word is, right here, he gives power. He gives you and me power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers, as it is this day. Now... That word power, if you study it out, a part of that uh, can be seed. He gives you the seed. He gives you, really, God gives you the seeds for everything 
when you're born again. I mean, you are just a seed bed full of everything because Christ is in you. And one of those things, one of those seeds is the power to get wealth. Praise God. It's there already in you. Amen. And so uh, we need to start seeing ourselves with that kind of power. And uh, so also in knowing that it's seed and sometimes in seed form, then it doesn't make us feel so badly if we might have $10 in our checking account right now. You know, we're still the prosperous. We're still the wealthy. Amen. It's not because of the circumstances around us. It's what's in us. It's what's in you. And the power of God, if you're born again, if you're born of God, which if you're not, you should be tonight. Get saved and and ask him to be your Lord and Savior. And that old man has passed away and all things become, has, have become new. And one of those new things is you're rich. <laughs> Amen? Amen. You're rich on the inside. And if we, the more aware that we are of that, then the more that can manifest in our life. And, and we can say the same thing about healing and help. When we're born again, we have the seeds of help in us. Help is there. Praise God. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. And the Bible says it quickens or brings life or help to all of our flesh. Quickens our mortal mortal bodies, the Bible says. So um, uh, in this case, success is in you now. Amen? Success is in you. And the power to get wealth. Praise the Lord. So let's look at seed all, you know, all through the Bible. God's the greatest gardener of all. You know, he starts out in the garden, doesn't he? And, uh, with Adam and Eve. And then, you know, uh, Jesus was then in the garden of Gethsemane, you know, right before his death. And he was seed. He was the first, uh, begotten son of the living God. And, and he gave up his life, um, as seed for a huge harvest of souls, still people getting saved today um, because of what he did. He sowed his life for us to have life. So anytime you see the principles of God, you can really find seed, time, and harvest all through the word. And um, in our life, you know, we had a a lady years and years ago in our church. She asked one time, she asked us, now what, what is the seed? Is the seed... The tithe is a seed. Money is the seed. My words uh, is a seed. My actions. And we said all of that. <laughs> all that is seed. Amen. Everything that we do, really, we're sowing seed. And what we want to make sure we're doing is we're sowing good seed and not bad seed. Because you don't want a crop off of bad seed. You want a crop of off of good seed. And uh, our words are seeds, you know, especially when we're speaking this word, the Bible calls this word, the incorruptible seed. How powerful is that, right? And then, you know, when we're uh, acting, when we're doing actions, whether it be serving the Lord or serving one another, uh, we're sowing seeds, you know, good seeds, Amen. amen, for a good harvest. And then certainly when we're giving, when we're tithing or giving offerings, a special, uh, you know, times that God even speaks to us above the tithe to give. We're sowing seeds. So I want to look at some of this tonight because th- these seeds are so powerful. I mean, it, it, uh, I think 
you know, we just don't realize maybe sometimes the power in a seed. My dad was a health nut. You know, we used to call them health nuts way back when they ate uh, all the good food. We call it organic. I don't know if they call it so much organic back then, but, you know, health food store and all the things. And he knew all of them personally, the health food people. And, oh, he was just charmed by all of that. And so he told me one day, he said, Scarlett, you need to eat seeds. I said, really? He said, yeah, they've got the burst of life in them. <laughs> so make sure every day you eat some kind of seeds, like sesame seeds or, you know, all these seeds. And I thought, that's interesting. The burst of life yeah. is in a seed. And so let's look at some of the things in the word about sowing tonight. And let's start with Joshua. If you would turn with me to Joshua and we'll look at chapter 6. In fact, we got our title for this series from Joshua chapter 1 about having good success. So let's look at some of this with Joshua. Uh, Joshua chapter 6, and he start, started uh, right off with, um, with some battle plans from the Lord here. And of course, you probably have heard the story of Jericho. Uh, God told him exactly what to do in verse 3. He said, come past the city, all you men of war, and go around about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And then in verse 5, this is Joshua 6, 5, and it, came, it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat. No, notice that. That's interesting, isn't it? Huge, 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 huge walls. You know, they said yeah. they had chariot races on the top of these walls, so it, it wasn't like maybe what we think about in our home or maybe in the church. These were huge, massive walls. Yeah. And all they did was just obey the Lord with shouting, and uh, the walls came down. Uh, so what their voice was there was a seed of what God told them to do. It wasn't something they couldn't do. Sometimes we think, well, if God wants to bless me and he asked me to do something, I probably won't even be able to do something if he asked me to do it. But anytime he asked anybody in the word to do something, they had the capability of doing it. They could shout. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes we think, well, what does shouting have to do with the walls coming down? I don't know. But God said, do it. And they did it. Praise the Lord. And they shouted before the wall. Sometimes we want to shout after the wall falls down. But by faith, we do it ahead of time. And that's so in our seed, isn't it? And so we see uh, in, ver in chapter 6, verse 16, it says, uh, the, just the end there, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city. This is before the walls came down. <laughs> All these faith statements, right? The Lord hath given you the city. And then the city uh, was, uh, was a curse, even if all that are therein to the Lord, only Rahab the harlot shall live, uh, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers we sent. So, of course, her life was saved and her, her, her things. And so in, in verse 18, any wise keep yourself from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourself accursed, when you take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels and brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord 
and they shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So what he's saying here is God has given you this first city here supernaturally. They didn't have to lift a sword to get it. And so he said, everything there will, will come into the treasury of the Lord. Now, that sounds like the tithe, doesn't it? The tithe is not just 10% of our income. It's the first 10%. Yeah. And Jericho was the first city. And God said, all this is going to be mine. It's going into the treasury of the Lord. And so um, there were, we'll see in chapter 7, um, there was another war next that they were going to fight <clears throat> called Ai. And um, Ai uh, was just, um, you know, it, was, it wasn't a really hard thing to do or anything, but they lost. They lost the battle. And so Joshua said, you know, God, what's happened here? And verse, this is uh, Joshua 7, verse 11. Are you with me? Yes. Israel hath sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. And they have taken of the accursed thing and have stolen and disassembled also. And they put it among their own stuff. So there were some thieves that had taken what God said's mine and put it on in their own stuff, in their own house, in their own place. And, uh, and so it, it cut off the blessing for them to be able to win these battles because of disobedience. They didn't sow this first seed of Jericho's spoils where they were supposed to do it. And uh, many times I think we expect a harvest where we haven't sown any seed. We want God to do something. We want God to move or, you know, we want things to happen. And yet we've not sown the seed that it takes to activate the blessing of the Lord in that. Um, you know, the Bible says, just in Proverbs, it says, if you need friends, show yourself friendly. And that's sowing the seed, right? If you want, you know, I've heard people say through the years, well, I just don't have any friends. Well, call somebody up and be nice. Amen. Um, ask somebody to go to lunch with you and pay for it. Be, you know, step out and sow a seed of friendliness. Yeah. And then you'll gain some friends. Think about it. Everything that you need, God has it in seed form. And if you will release that seed, you'll be amazed at how God can do uh, amazing things. So we see here that uh, there was a man named Achan, and he had taken, uh, let's read verse 21. He saw, look what, you know, you're, sometimes your eyes can get you in trouble. I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment from Neiman Marcus or somewhere, yeah, right? right? And I saw 200 shekels of silver, a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, and then I coveted them and I took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. And so, you know, we, they they found it there and then... It went on to say how they had to deal with thieves. But the, the point being is really um, he, Achan cheated himself because he didn't sow that seed. Well, the next thing you know, they go back to Ai. They uh, declare war and have 
battle and win it. And they continue to win battle after battle after battle because of the obedience. And, it, and you know, after they um, won that battle at Ai, look at chapter 8. We won't read the whole Bible tonight, but I just want you to see a couple of things. Joshua chapter 8, verse 27 says, Only the cattle and the spoil of that city Israel took for prey unto themselves, according to the word of the Lord, which he commanded Joshua. So Joshua said, this is yours. Amen. Um, we have to realize that God is not just saying, give, give, give all to me, everything that ever comes into your life. He's not saying that. Um, he gave the spoils to them. He said, you take them according to the word of the Lord. Yeah. So if Achan had just been patient a minute, he might, he might have found another wonderful garment and some wedges of silver and gold at the next place. But I think, you know, the word coveted, you know, that's, that's there. And then uh, maybe sometimes we get into a fear of if we don't get this now or if we don't keep this, if we, we won't ever have anything else. Right. And the devil will tell you that lie too. Amen? Uh, let's go over to the New Testament for a minute because I want you to see this principle in the New Testament as well. We're going to go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And uh, we see in verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remains forever. Now, and pay close attention to this verse, now he that ministereth seed to the sower, and that's what we're talking about tonight, that the power in that seed, the power that God gives us to get wealth. And it says he gives seed to the sower. He will provide seed for you to sow. And then it says both ministers bread for your food and multiplies your seed sown and increases the fruit of righteousness. So we see here that there is bread for you to eat that God doesn't expect you to give away. And yet there's seed to sow that God expects you to sow so he can multiply it back to you. And I believe that it's very important to know which is which. There's, you know, things that have come in my life that I knew right when I got it that I was going to give it away, that it wasn't something that God had given me to keep. Um, you know, whether it be money or jewelry or, you know, we've given houses, we've given, you know, cars, etc. But... Um, sometimes, you know, I knew immediately that it wasn't for me to keep. Then other times I keep it for a year, maybe or two years. And then the Lord say, okay, it's time for you to give that away. <laughs> so that, amen. And um, so remember that he's not trying to get something away from you. He's not trying to, you know, uh, extract something from our lives. He's really trying to get, uh, multiply what we have already. Yeah. And give back into our life. 
Remember, seed to the sower. And that is that power to keep increasing in your life is sowing seeds. It takes faith to do it. It takes faith. But praise God, when we have our uh, seed and we sow it and we have released our faith through action like that, um, faith works. It brings about the desired results. And so um, let's look over in Ruth a minute. Ruth chapter 1. And we'll, we see here uh, that Naomi in chapter 1 had lost her husband and her two sons. She had two daughter-in-laws and she told them, go back to the Moabites because they were not of the Israeli descent. They were Moabites. Go back to your family. And of course, Ruth, look at this chapter 1, Ruth chapter 1, verse 16. Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. And whither thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people and thy God will be my God. So she, uh, it says cleave. We could say, uh, you know, she clung to Naomi. She said, I'm not leaving you. And so the, the most important statement there is she changed gods, right? She changed to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And she said, your God is going to be my God. So then it put into motion uh, the, the very... Uh, power of God in her life. Abraham's blessings. Amen. Uh, when she chose God, there you go. And um, next thing you know, in chapter two, she is you know meeting a very wealthy man because she obeyed and sowed that seed of obedience from her mother-in-law. Her mother-in-law told her and gave her directions exactly what to do. And um, praise God, she did it. Now look at chapter 3, and um, let's look at verse 10. I want to point out a couple of things here to you about the blessing and about sowing obedience too. This is Ruth 3 and verse 10. And he said, uh, talking about Boaz, Blessed be thou of the Lord, my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in thy latter end than at the beginning, insomuch as thou followest not young men, whether rich, uh, poor or rich. And now, my daughter, fear not, I will do to you all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. Thou art a virtuous woman. Now, if you look up the word virtuous, it's, this is the only time it's used except in Proverbs 31, just twice in the Bible, a virtuous woman. And the word virtue means powerful. It means rich. It means wealthy. It means a woman of substance. And uh, he's saying that all the city is calling her virtuous. And, you know, she was single and poor right then, right then in that moment. But what he told her is the, ble the blessing is on you. You know, when you get the blessing on you, you just need to get ready for a tremendous move of God in your life. Even when awful things are happening and the devil will see to it that you're attacked, believe me. But even through those attacks, God makes a way of escape. And he brings you, the Bible says in, a, in one of the scriptures, it says, I've been through the fire, I've been through the flood, and you brought me out into a wealthy place. Now think about that. 
You brought me out into a wealthy place after I've been through horrific situations. So if you're in a bad situation right now, just listen to God. Let him show you what to do. Maybe he, he'll show you a seed that you have that you can sow. Uh, he told, you know, he sent Elijah to a woman that was dying. Her son was dying. They, they had one little cake left they were going to make and then die. Remember that story? And, and Elijah said, give it to me first and then fear not. <laughs> Amen. You give me your last little bit there that you think is the last. Give it to me and fear not. And so she did. She took that little bit. Sometimes it's just, it, she described it to him as all I have is a handful of, of flour, you know, of grain, and then just a little oil. That's all I have. In other words, just two little handfuls is yeah. it. But you know, seeds are small. Yeah. See, when you think about seeds are small, even acorns uh, that grow huge oak trees. Uh, are very small. So don't think that you don't have something that you can't sow. Um, because you might be overlooking some things right. in your life. And um, God can guide you and, and, and direct you. And you can pay attention to him. And he will show you where you can sow seed. And I'm not talking about just financially. Although we need to be very free in that too. Because he does lead us to, to give financial gifts to people and, of course, to ministry, etc. Um, but I'm talking about all kinds of seeds. I mean, he's told me what to say in my life over myself. You know, if I was struggling in a certain area, he would say, uh, these are the words you need to say. That These are the seeds you need to sow. And stop saying, I'm struggling or I don't have enough or... Uh, you know, I'll never be anything. I'll never have any success in my life. Start saying, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm blessed coming and going. Amen. Um, and so those seeds have that burst of life and they start working in the unseen realm. And before you know it, they're manifested in the seen realm. So we see Ruth uh, she is uh, very poor at that point, but he's saying you're blessed. And he's saying the whole town says you're virtuous. And then before you know it, the last chapter, which is chapter four, uh, in verse 13, Boaz took Ruth as his wife. Well, it says in, in um, the first second chapter how rich Boaz was. So instantly she becomes a wealthy woman because of her marriage there. And then... She has a son and this, they present this son to Naomi. This is what's so wonderful about God. He's not just interested in you prospering or being restored. He's interested in everybody around you being prosperous and restored. Amen. I mean, he's such a powerful God that he keeps everybody in mind, not just one person. And so Naomi had gotten so bitter. She remember in the first chapter, she said, just call me Mara, M-A-R-A. And that word means bitter. Uh, but God brought restoration to her. Here is her family. And then a son is born to her through a grandson. Uh, and, it, you know, they tell her God's a restorer of life. And, 
and this baby brings life to you. And this is verse 15 and support in your, in your old age. And, and then that this uh, daughter-in-law has been better to you than seven sons. Well, that's a pretty wonderful daughter-in-law, isn't it? And then uh, we know that this baby's name was Obed. And of course, he was the father of Jesse, who was the father of David. And who was, and these were ancestors of Jesus Christ. So he brought this foreign woman, Ruth, and brought her in covenant, uh, made her in the lineage of, of Jesus Christ. And uh, Naomi was restored as well with family and didn't have to be bitter anymore. Don't you like that? So we see how the seeds of obedience and taking what they could do and what they one of the things Ruth could do is walk behind and gather food behind the, the harvesters. And that led to that pathway of, um, yeah. of success in her life. Praise God. Are you, do you have time for one more? Amen. And then we'll go. I know it's getting around that time, but we can pick up next time. And uh, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Okay, and so let's talk about Esther just for a minute, okay? And y'all know that story too, so we'll just hit the highlights. Uh, but I love talking about the women because I is one, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and religion has been a little bit mean to women through the years. Uh, you can see it in false religions and sometimes even in Christianity, but we see it today even in Afghanistan, how horrible uh, the way they treat women. And, you know, God's always elevated women and he loves women. Um, and he, he just used them so mightily throughout all the word. Um, and one of these women uh, was Esther. And then she didn't have a lot going for her because she was an orphan. Her mom was dead. Her father was dead. Um, so again, being in a, a foreign nation, she was, she was a Jew, but she was in the wrong race to be in that nation. And so she was raised by her uh, cousin, Mordecai, and Mordecai directed her to uh, uh, kind of to be queen. The king was looking for a queen. And um, I always love this part. And let's, let's read this. Look at verse 12. And this is Esther chapter 2, verse 12. And the king is searching out for a maiden, and uh, in the Amplified, it says the, the regulations for women had been carried out for 12 months since this was a regular period for their beauty treatment. Six months with oil and myrrh and six months with sweet spices and perfumes. I'm telling you, we could all be queens if we had 12 months of spa treatments, right? Holy moly, 12 months of spa treatments. I love that. Anyway, that's God's will. <laughs> We can claim some of that, right? So Esther was chosen not just because she smelled good after 12 months, but because she had favor. The favor of God was on her life. And the king loved Esther more than any of the other women. So here she is, an orphan raised by a cousin. And then all of a sudden she's queen and living in the palace. And of course, there was an attack. You know, sometimes we get attacked. And Haman wanted to destroy the Jewish, the Jews, all of them, women, children, all of them. And Mordecai told her, listen, 
you got to do something about this. If you don't, God's going to use somebody else. But here's your opportunity because uh, you're going to be killed right alongside everybody else if you don't, you know, help us here. So she prayed. She had everybody pray. And then God gave her a plan to take Haman and the king and have uh, food, have dinner. And I think that's a real uh, key to a man's heart, <laughs> right? Dinner. I think <laughs> I think that it's a very wise thing to do. And she didn't just do it once, but she had two dinners. And so then uh, God moved and we know that uh, Haman was exposed and Esther brought deliverance to her whole nation, all the Jewish people. And then you think about it, uh, how the king gave Esther everything that Haman had. Now, Haman was second in command, so he was very, very wealthy. These people in the word just keep increasing. Amen? The more they follow the Lord, the more they follow God's plan and get his uh, His actions um, down in their life, they continue to increase. And then you see the opposite of that at times where Israel doesn't obey God and they don't do what they're supposed to be doing and the, there becomes a decline in their life. So what I'm saying is it pays to obey God. Just obey the Lord. And what he tells you to do, you're able to do it. One, uh, we won't turn here, but the other widow in, in the book of Kings, Second Kings, was uh, facing her two sons being um, taken for slaves because her husband died. They had debt. And she said to Elisha, that was Elisha, you know, they're going to take my sons. And he said, what do you have in your house? What do you have right now? And she, at first she said, well, I don't have anything because sometimes we don't think we have anything, but there's always something there that we do have. And he, she said, oh, I have a little pot of oil. It's a little jar of oil. And he said, go borrow, remember? Go borrow pots and then start pouring. So she had the seed. It was in seed form, but it sure made a difference in her life because it paid off all the debt and sustained her family. Praise God. So you see the power of seed. Amen. And um, what we said, you know, read at the first is he gives us power to get wealth. He gives us the seed, whether it be speaking and confessing what the word says about your financial blessing. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, I told you last week, we're saying we're the lenders and not the borrowers. You know, we borrowed in the past, but now we're, we're saying, sometimes it just starts with your mouth. I'm a lender and not a borrower. Amen. Praise God. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. So those words that he gives you are so powerful. The tongue is powerful. Yeah. And then also your financial gifts or, or sowing things that you have. Uh, that's also the seed. And then actions. Yeah. Praise God when he tells you to act, when he tells you to do something. Amen. Yeah. He has a plan to get you uh, in this very successful place. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this evening service. We thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for all of us. And it is plans to prosper us, to bring us uh uh, prosperity and blessing so that we not only, Father, live 
uh, in plenty and, and without fear and worry, but we also are a blessing to others. For you said Abraham was blessed and also he was to be a blessing. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you, Father, that we're able we're able because you've made us able and we can work your plan in the earth today, your will. And Father, it all always brings good fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord.